0: Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Well, I'm so glad to be back. Uh, it's good to be back with you, church. Missed you last week. Uh, Thanks to Dr. James Nichols for having me up in Arkansas to share with his faith family at the men's event last week. Uh, Shout out to Cappy, Andrew Cappyman, for bringing the word last week. Got a good report on him sharing God's word, and we are blessed to have him uh, along with Josh Warren uh, leading the next generation on our campus of Delta State up in Cleveland. Uh, So it's good to be back. I want to take this moment that we have together today. Uh, as part to share just part of personal testimony part of our family's journey here in, in 2020 I think if we had time we could go around the room right uh, and 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 just have testimony of, of what's been going on in, in 2020 uh, but I was in a leadership meeting and I asked because testimony is a very powerful thing I asked a couple of our leaders and I said well who, who might be someone that could could share you know we we haven't had a testimony on a Sunday morning in a while who might be someone that that could share about how God's faithfulness uh, moved in their life and and worked in their life and they just looked at me and said well what about you preacher I said well yeah I guess I could go ahead and do that you know Uh, uh, but but this is just part of our journey this year Uh, some of you uh, knows a little bit about this some of you may not know the full story Um, But today I want to share with you a part of my family's story regarding where we found ourselves this past August and how really all of our stories in these moments, they direct us to a grander story, and that's the story of the gospel. And so I want to begin today and and share uh, by just sharing the unexpected news portion, the unexpected news, you know, pivotal moments in our lives, they often begin with unexpected news. Maybe you can think of a time where you received that unexpected news. And this unexpected news for us was our youngest child, uh, Bess. And we had noticed that she had been fussy, uh, a little sick, uh, had some congestion. And and really one of the biggest things we noticed is that she wasn't eating anything. Okay, she wasn't eating anything but kids at that age. All they want is pizza, chicken nuggets, and what we call at our house, Mac Mac. You know, and outside of that, not a whole lot being eaten. And so, but we did notice that she wasn't even eating that and she was barely taking her milk. And so we were a little concerned. And then Saturday, August 29th came and it was it was quite different. Bess woke up and she was lethargic. Uh, she uh, was just not herself, not wanting to play. And the biggest difference at that day on that Saturday morning was how pale she was. Uh, she was very, very pale. And Lindsay was concerned, and I just kind of thought to myself, well, we'll kind of ride it out over the weekend, and then Monday we'll, we'll go see the doctor. You know, we'll get checked out at the clinic, and we'll take those necessary steps. So I went outside to catch up on some yard work, a normal kind of Saturday thing. And when I returned from outside, Lindsay decided it was time to take best to the clinic. Um, but this didn't go about in a normal way. This, what happened was not the normal procedure of leaving the house. You see, when my wife leaves the house, she gets ready. For 17 years, she gets ready when she leaves the house. But on Saturday, August 29th, she put on some shoes and she picked up Bess. And she left and she wasn't going to say anything. And so I inquired, you taking her to the clinic? Yeah. What do you think is going on? And her response was, I don't want to say it out loud. So in that morning, things began to change and things began to be a a lot different than every other Saturday uh, in our house. From that point, there was a tension, and there was an edge that we all felt. And my son Evan came up to me at one point before Lindsay had gotten back, and he said, Daddy, I'm scared. Daddy, I'm scared. And I looked at him, I said, that's okay. It's okay to feel that way. And I did my best in that moment to comfort the older children, because they knew something was up. And I tried to share with them that that we didn't have all the information at that point, so we weren't going to draw conclusions without all of the information that when Mama got home, we would have uh, more information. And so as time went by, she, she made it back home. And she came back with Bess, and she got the things together. She packed a few things, got the bags together, because it was time to take Bess to the children's hospital down in Jackson there was a connection from the clinic with a pediatric doctor down in Jackson. And we were told it was best if we took her south and went on ahead and got admitted to the hospital down in Jackson. And so that's where we stood on that Saturday. And I told Lindsay I was going to call my mom, see if she could come up and be there to help because Sunday was coming. And I said, when I got done with worship on Sunday morning, preaching and, and responsibilities, that that afternoon I'd make my way down. Blair Batson down in Jackson. And so whilst Lindsay was driving, she had left the house. While she was driving, I got, a, I got a few texts. I was still outside trying to finish up a few things. And, and I got a few texts on my phone. And one of them was, hey, can we bring you dinner? We're praying for you, which was greatly appreciated. Um, but it, it brought my radar a little bit higher up, if you will. And then I got a text from someone else praying for you. And that was a little different because that... That person I hadn't talked to in, in relatively a good while, so it was kind of a, a little bit out of the blue, a little bit. And so then I called Lindsay, and I called Lindsay. She was on the road. I guess she was past Yazoo at that point. And I said, Hey, uh, you know, somebody's going to bring dinner, and, and that's going to be great. So all that's taken care of. My mom's going to come. She's driving up this afternoon. And I got this text, and I said, I, I need a, a few more details here. What's everybody thinking? What, what, you guys huddled up. So, so, so what are we thinking? I know this is, it's got to be somewhat serious to go down to Blair Batson this quickly. And she said, the doctors were there, and everybody that saw the blood work, they believe it's leukemia. So August 29th of 2020 was a day we won't soon forget. Because we got that unexpected news. We got that unexpected news. And, and when you get unexpected news, at least for me, that was like being hit in the stomach with a two-by-four. Because physically, everything just changes. I'm on the phone with Lindsay, and she tells me that the consensus is, is that our baby girl has leukemia. And I, really, I literally have to like, remind myself to breathe at that point. And tears begin to well up in my eyes, and, and, and I just have to bend over and like put my hands on my knees and try to breathe. Because this unexpected news, it was a blitz up the middle, and we didn't know what was next. And, and here's the thing about unexpected news, and, and I know I'm not the only one that can testify about this, and I'm not trying to elevate my story, I'm just wanting to share our story. And so here's the thing about unexpected news. It's like having, it's like being blindfolded and then placed on a random roller coaster that you know nothing about. Because what happens is, is that your mind races a hundred miles an hour and it goes in a thousand different directions. And you wind up physically having to tell yourself to take a breath. And so that's where we were. That's where we were at on August 29th. And like I said, I'm not trying to elevate my story. We all have stories. And, and many of you, as you listen, if you're listening you know, you know, through our live stream, if you're here this morning as you listen, you may have unexpected news. that's far more tragic than what we experience. And it's difficult and it's hard. But it's in these moments, I believe, we can begin to pinpoint, when we look back, we can pinpoint God's hand moving. And I began to, I began, after I told myself to breathe, I began to try to identify those. I began to try to identify those things where I was seeing God being f- faithful and His hand moving. So my wife was in the medical field and she could see these symptoms. So I counted that up as a blessing. There were doctors at the clinic that weren't supposed to be at the clinic that day. They just weren't. And when Lindsay rounded the corner, there they were. And Lindsay could talk with them and share with them. And they were there for her in that moment. When we talked to our doctor, and that day started out with yard work, and then I'm talking with our doctor about St. Jude Hospital up in Memphis. But he had a connection, someone he went to Mississippi College with, someone that was on the Honduras mission trip when we went down to Honduras. I began to do my best. After I told myself to breathe, I began to do my best to identify these markers of what God was up to and what God was doing. But when we face unexpected news, there's a principle, I think, that that speaks to all of us. And this this key principle I want to share with you right now, unexpected news isn't unexpected to a sovereign God. Unexpected news isn't unexpected to a sovereign God. And when we get unexpected news, that's where the Word of God shows its value. You may be thinking, well, why a preacher, why are you telling me to read my Bible so much? A Sunday school teacher, why are you telling me to read my Bible so much? Or why should I know theology in in my life? I, I know the gospel and I know Jesus. Why should I know theology? Because here's the deal. In unexpected news moments, that is the well you draw from, the truth well that you draw from to know who God is. And if you've never been up to that well, if you've never dove into that well, the truth of the gospel and who Jesus is and the, and the truth of, of God's sovereignty and, and doctrines and, and theology of that nature. If you've never done, dove into those to really see what the word of God says about those, then you're just kind of stumbling around looking for something to grab a hole too. But when you can go to that well, in the unexpected news moments of life, you can pull from God's Word the truth of who God is, and you can know that, yes, it was unexpected news to me and my family and and, and in that moment, but that's not unexpected to a God that's in control. It's not unexpected to a sovereign God, and that's why we can praise Him. And that's why we can turn to Him. And that's why in those moments, after we get through telling ourselves to breathe, we can begin to look and identify how God is beginning to show himself. Because that's what he does. He shows himself faithful. That's what the gospel says. The gospel says that he shows himself faithful. How do we know that in the gospel? Because Jesus came. God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. He showed himself faithful to come out of his love for us. He showed himself faithful to walk and live the life we couldn't live and to die the death that we deserved. And he showed himself faithful to make a way when there was no way, when we were all we deserved was condemnation. God's faithfulness shows up in the gospel to redeem us and bring us into salvation. So unexpected news may throw us on that roller coaster, but it also calls us to turn to the good news. The good news of the gospel because unexpected news isn't unexpected to a sovereign God not only is our God sovereign but he's faithful and that's the next portion of this I want to share I want to share with you God's gracious faithfulness so over the next couple of days we're locked in on the third floor at Blair Batson Hospital and we're taking lots of loops with a little girl around that floor Due to COVID and and everything that's going on, the playroom's not open. It's it's either the room or we're we're walking laps. That's what we're doing. So we're taking laps around the third floor. We're taking long walks to find food. Have you ever been to UMC down there? (laughs) Good night. I thought I had a good sense of direction. Then I wound up there looking for Chick-fil-A. Couldn't find anything. Long walks, bad coffee. Y'all know how much I love coffee. Just bad coffee, long walks, bad coffee, and lots of tests. Lots and lots of tests. And if you've ever been there, just that day in, day out grind, it's heavy. But God showed his faithfulness. One of the major tests that she had was a bone marrow test. It was one they had to sedate her for. Now, they do a great job of preparing you as a parent. They tell you well, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then this is going to happen, and it's not you know this and this, but then you see them do all they do to your child, and then they they put that that needle into that i v part and then they just go out in their lip and it just it just does something to you and she had all these tests and this this bone marrow test is is basically take the take this big needle and they stick it down you know the hip part. And draw out that bone marrow to do some, some slides and things where they, they, they go deep and, and look at some of the details of what's going on with her blood. And so every night during bath time, I see that mark. Because it's still there. It's still there. And that mark, it, it does something. It reminds me of that time and it reminds me of, of some of the pain. But more, it reminds me of God's faithfulness. Because those slides came back and they were normal. And the follow-up blood work after that, it was normal. And the best that we can come up with is there was a, some type of viral infection that breaks down red blood cells, and it just took her little body more and more time to rebuild those red blood cells. But here's how God shows his faithfulness. That first night before I got there, the nurse assigned to Bess. Lindsay had not eaten all day. or It had been almost 24 hours since she had eaten. And the nurse came in and asked if she needed anything. She's like, well, I don't know how I'm going to get anything to eat. I haven't eaten all day. And, you know, I can't leave Bess. And she's like, don't worry about it. So the nurse's husband goes by, gets some food, brings it up to the hospital. And then they were like, oh, don't pay us back. Don't pay us. We don't pay you back. No, we want to serve you during this time, you know, that kind of thing. And then here, here's, here's how God is faithful, okay? The nurse tells Lindsay that her husband is the youth minister at First Baptist Brandon, Mississippi. And I look at Lindsay and I say, "Really?" And she says, "Why do you say it like that?" I said, "Because I believe that that's Nick Hughes's wife out there, and she's been assigned to our baby girl." And she's like, "Well, who's Nick Hughes?" I said, well, two years ago, he came and spoke at our D-NOW. That I met him through my friend Rob Futrell down at Broadmoor. And he was our guest speaker for D-NOW two years ago. So I walk out in the hall and I say, Bryce, is Nick your, your husband? Yeah, Nick's my husband. How do you know him? So he came to D-NOW. He's been to Indianola. I went back in the room and Lindsay said, that just shows how the Lord's faithful. He's gracious, and he's faithful. He's so gracious, and he's so faithful. And you may be sitting here today, and you may be thinking, well, you know, my story didn't turn out that way, guy. And I I grieve with you. I do. I grieve with you. Not everybody's story turns out where the blood work comes back fine. It doesn't. We live in a fallen, sinful, Disease ridden world, and not everybody gets a story where it turns out like we want it. Now, I was reminded that this week as I scrolled through social media, uh, I saw the Humans of New York account, and I began there was a picture of a lady, and then I scrolled through, and one of the pictures were, it was of her little girl, and another picture was this picture on their wall in their house. And it was a picture from the waiting room during this time, and it was a group of people. the the waiting room was saturated with people holding hands and and on their knees praying for this little girl because the doctor had told her that all of the the medical things that were going to happen it was not going to be good and everybody prayed and now this little girl has lived past life expectancy and so it was this this moment of of yes that turned out good for them but Just a little deeper dive down into the comments, someone said, well, that's great for you, but my child didn't make it. My child didn't survive. And so unfortunately, not all of our stories are identical. And unfortunately, grief is a heavy backpack to bear. But it doesn't mean that God is not faithful. It doesn't mean that God has left. It doesn't mean that God has checked out. It doesn't mean that God can't give us peace and heal our wounded hearts. It doesn't mean his grace is not sufficient. I was thinking on this and I came across another illustration, another narrative, a true story. Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford lived in Chicago when the Great Fire swept through in 1871. He had already experienced a catastrophic loss. His son had died of scarlet fever not too long before. And they had lost so much in this Great Fire, he felt that for his family, his wife and his four daughters, that it would be good for them to, to take a trip somewhere, to get away. And so he places his four girls and his wife on a boat because they're going to take a trip to England. They've never been there before, and they're going to take a trip over to England. And he's going to catch up with them pretty soon. And as his wife and four girls are on this ship, and they're moving across the ocean, a big storm hits, right? I mean, this is back in the day. There's no apps on the phone to tell us when the bad weather's coming, right? You know, there, there, there's no digital radar to project a month out that a bad storm is going to be there it just it's the ocean it's the open waves and here comes a storm and in that storm his four girls fall overboard and they perish and so his wife gets to England she survives she gets to England and she telegrams Horatio about the news, and that she doesn't know what to do. So Horatio boards the next available ship to go to England. And as he's on the ship, the captain notifies him exactly when they get over the waters where his four girls had perished. And he walks out on the ship, and he looks over the edge right at the moment, right at the spot, where the captain said they had gone overboard and they didn't survive. And Horatio Spafford later penned these words. It's a words to him that you know, and it's a words to him that I know and that we as a church know. He wrote, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. And so it's in these moments, friend, that maybe it's hard to see right now. But there is a gracious God that is faithful. And we know that from his word, that, that he is faithful. And this leaves us with a, a key principle. God's evident faithfulness, it increases our faith Horatio Spafford's faith had to increase to pen those words. And you and I have sung those words probably almost all of our lives in some way on a certain Sunday. And it just shows the gracious faithfulness of our great God. God, He allows our lives to be marked. And there will be wounds that need to be healed. There will be. And some may take long to do so, but by faith, even though we may not understand right now, by faith, we can know that he's present with us. And friend, that goes to the story of the gospel. It goes to the story of the gospel that Jesus came to be God with us, to save us and show the true grace and faithfulness, to save us from the worst thing that we could ever have, the sin in our life, that would condemn us from God. The gospel says he came faithfully and graciously to save us from our sin. God's faithfulness is baked into the hope that we have. We have unfiltered hope in our great God. And I want to invite you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter twenty. And I want to share verse 12 with you. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So Chronicles isn't like the most famous book, right? It's found in the Old Testament. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. And I've shared this verse before, but to, to set up the context, and I, I want us to revisit it this morning. Because just like, Horatio's wife telegrammed. She didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. A lot of times we don't know what to do. But we have unfiltered hope in our God. And so, to set this up, the context here, just this one verse this morning God's people looked out on the horizon, and there was a massive army that they believed was about to take them over. They looked out on the horizon. And they had realized their sin, that they had turned away from God. And they were turning back to God and King Jehoshaphat in this this setting as he led the people as a young leader. He led the people in prayer. And this is part of that prayer. And maybe it can be part of your prayer and my prayer when unexpected news hits. And when it's hard for us to see what's happening and what's going on. May we turn to this verse. And if you're a highlighter, I encourage you to highlight this verse. I encourage you to write this verse and put it up on your fridge, whatever you need to do to know this verse. Because it's when unexpected news hits, God can use this verse in great ways. He says, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And here's the key, the linchpin right here. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do we can't figure it out by the looks of everything it's all over by the looks of everything we can't overcome the obstacles we're facing by the looks of everything the hurt is too much by the looks of everything the backpack of grief is too heavy by the looks of everything I can't take another step by the looks of it all I just don't know what to do But when we turn to God's Word, we see an example. That when we don't know what to do, that we turn our eyes to the Lord. When we don't know what to say, we begin to speak to the Lord. When we can't figure it out, we turn our hearts to the God that knows our name that's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. Whether this is before unexpected news has hit you, or maybe you've had tragic unexpected news in your life, or maybe that unexpected news just keeps coming back around and and it may seem seem like things have been far more worse than they have before they've gotten better. I don't know what to do. Friend, I encourage you today. When you don't know what to do, you turn your eyes to the sovereign, living God. And be reminded of the truth of the story of the gospel. Unexpected news can't wipe out good news. Amen? Unexpected news can't wipe out good news of who Jesus is. And so I encourage you that when you don't know what to do, you turn your eyes upon Jesus. And that leaves us with our last key principle. What you do when you don't know what to do matters most. What you do when you don't know what to do matters most. That when we don't know what to do, what matters most, the, the next one right step we can take is to turn our eyes to the Lord. Turn our eyes to the Lord. I want to leave you with a couple of takeaways. I hope these are portable for you. Maybe it's just one that you keep. I want to leave you with three takeaways. First, place your faith in Jesus. Place your faith in the risen Lord. If you're listening today and you've you've never, or if you're present here today and you've never taken that step of faith authentically and genuinely to to place your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior, today is a day of salvation for you. Today is a day not to continue delay but to take a step of faith and and know Christ and to turn your eyes to him for salvation because of who he is and what he's done and to possess an unfiltered hope for all of eternity. The second takeaway, draw from the truth of God's word in your life. Draw from the truth of God's word in your life. Turn to the word of God and pray and ask God to, to illuminate the scriptures to you So that when you have unexpected news or you're wrestling with unexpected news, you can go to the well of truth that is God's word and you can know who God is and you can draw from that as you seek to move forward. Finally, believe even when you don't know what to do. There may come a time or maybe you've experienced a time where you just don't know what to do. You're not alone. You're not alone as we journey through life, we face those moments. But just like King Jehoshaphat and the people of God in 2 Chronicles, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Turn your eyes upon the Lord. May when you do that, may his grace abound, may his faithfulness be illuminated in step after step. May the goodness of our Heavenly Father bring about healing in your heart and healing in your life so that one day your story can impact someone else for his glory. Let's pray together. Lord, we're coming to a close of a a worship gathering. But Father, I believe it can be the beginning of something special in someone's life. There may be one listening today. Maybe they're watching through the live stream and they've never placed their faith in you. If you're listening today and you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, we want you to type in in the comments faith or send us a private message. And we want to journey with you. We want to reach out to you to help you answer any questions and know what it truly means to follow the Lord Jesus. There may be someone in this place today and we're going to dismiss as normal, but but maybe after everybody's dismissed, maybe... You'll just come back in. I'll be here waiting. Dan will be here waiting for anyone that that might need prayer or might need to talk about spiritual matters. We want to be here and serve you in any way. There may be one here that, that is healing and they haven't fully healed. God, we ask that your grace would abound in their heart and their life, that they would identify how you've been faithful, and that they would be encouraged moving forward to know you. And to know that you are present in the midst of their storm, God. Father, I pray that as a people, we wouldn't have our eyes on circumstances that this fallen world throws at us, but that we would turn to you when we don't know what to do. And may our eyes be upon you, the one true living God. Lord, I pray that as we sing, our hearts would reflect upon who you are, and that as we're sent out today, you would use our stories to point to the grand story of the gospel. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen.